What's up, guys? This is Seminarian Will. I'm coming at you from St. Mary's Seminary today. It's a nice rainy day here in Houston. Uh, it's Halloween. Uh, I just wanted to share with you guys a reflection for All Saints Day. Uh, and I asked Tom to just throw this up onto the Being Church podcast feed as kind of a bonus episode. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, God bless, and uh, I'm praying for you. Consider your senses for a moment, seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, touching. There are ways of interacting with the world. They're extremely important for our our very uh, way of being here in this world right now. Think of the things that you can see, for example. Consider the things you've seen, the beautiful things, the ugly things, the sacred things, the secular things, the sunset, the mountains, your child's face full of joy, the World Trade Center as it smoked that day, the sadness that you saw on people's faces. Now, consider what is common to all the things that you see, that they're visible, of course. But what exactly do you see when you see? Well, what you see is color. Color is the object of sight. If you do the same thing with your other senses, you'll find that they also have some object that they're directed towards. Hearing, for example, is towards sound. What you're hearing right now as you listen to this podcast is sound. Tastings directed towards flavor, smelling towards scent, touching towards material things. It seems to me that each power of our human nature has a proper object in the outside world. But the thing is, this is really interesting about us humans, is that we're capable of much more than seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, or touching the world. All of these things the animals can also do, and actually some animals, of course, do them better than we do. Think of an eagle in his sense of sight, or think of a, a, a dog in his sense of smell. Yet, we're capable of a higher power, which is beyond that of merely sensing. We can think, and we can think about thinking. This is what really separates us from the animals that we encounter all around us. We're capable of thinking about thinking. We can't see about seeing. We can't hear about hearing. But we can think about thinking. We call this power of thinking the intellect. Here's the question, though. If seeing has color and hearing has sound, what's the proper object of thinking? It's kind of a difficult question. It takes some thinking to get there. But true true knowledge is the proper object of thinking. Let that sink in for a moment. Truth is the object of all of our thinking. You know, it's not merely truth about a specific thing, right? this particular thing or that particular thing, but it's a, it's about things in general. Our intellect takes in the information from our senses and recognizes something as a particular kind of thing. 
it recognizes the thing behind the thing, the the truth about things generally and specifically. This is different than sensation, right? When we see or hear a dog, we always see or hear a particular dog, Fido, not Bowser. But our intellect recognizes that Fido is a dog and that Bowser is a dog. And then if we're paying attention, and typically we're not, we can start thinking about not Fido or Bowser specifically, but dogness or what a dog is in general, right? We can reflect about how we are thinking about dogs in general, right? That's the next step is that we start to reflect. Now, when the senses accurately take in their proper objects, we say that they function well. When something is yellow or red or blue or green, and we say that it's yellow or red or blue or green, we see correctly, right? When we, when we uh, see that it's that way, right? When, when, when we don't see this way, we say that there's a defect in the power to sense. And that's why I wear glasses, for example. Um, when we, when we have senses that don't function well, we, we try and help them to function well, right? So my glasses help my power of sight to function well. Now, this defect in the senses has an analogy in the intellect. Like the senses, sometimes our intellect is unable to take in its proper object correctly. If truth is the conformity of the intellect with reality, then it's the intellectual equivalent of seeing with perfect vision or hearing with perfect hearing. Truth is like getting a 2020 on your vision chart or hearing perfectly in that nurse's test that we all went through in grade school, right? But the, but the opposite is true, right? We often judge things. We often think about things wrongly. I think it's evident. We, we know that reality is not always the way that we think that reality is. Sometimes we judge something to be one type of thing and we realize later it wasn't. So we know that defects in the senses come from poor formation of our eyes or different things, right? I'm no doctor, but but uh, maybe maybe there's a physical defect and we can correct that. But how does our intellect not function well? Why is it that we fail to know? I mean, this is a common human experience, right? We make mistakes. And quite too often, actually, for our pride most of the time. The answer is sin. Sin casts a double darkness upon our intellect of ignorance and error. It This, this envelops us, right? Sin obscures our ability to apprehend and judge the way the reality, the way that it really is, kind of deforms our intellect to some extent. It's still there and it's still good, but it, it, it makes it difficult for us to apprehend truth. We don't know what the good is sometimes. We don't know what the truth is. And this causes us to sin. In the most important way, 
that our intellect fails us is that we don't see the world as it really is. We miss the spiritual reality, which the sensible reality is meant to convey to us. We miss the creator for his creatures. We believe things that are untrue, and this leads us to sin. In the second reading from Mass today on the Feast of All Saints, St. John says that in heaven we'll see God as he is. In this passage, seeing is an analogy for knowing. Think of how often we use the word see to mean understand or know. Do you see what I mean? If we want to be saints, then, like the great cloud of witnesses that the Feast of All Saints celebrates and whom we honor because of God's work of grace in their life, we have to learn how to see, spiritually speaking. We have to learn how to know as God knows. This is truly a supernatural type of knowing. We can never know God as he is without his aid. And seeing as how in our double darkness of sin and ignorance, we often fail to know the things of the world as they really are, the situation is even made worse. We're completely unable to reach out of our spiritual blindness ourselves. But the divine physician has not left us orphans. He's come into our world. He came to open the eyes of the blind, to set us free from the captivity of our unknowing, to heal our intellect, and indeed our whole being from the wounds that we have inflicted upon ourselves or were inflicted upon us. But we will not see God as he is. That is, we will not reach the great goal of our life, heaven, unless we have cooperated with the graces he is giving us to become like him, to become a partaker in the very divine nature through Jesus Christ. Only Christ saw and knew fully and perfectly the truth, because he is the truth. Only his mind conforms perfectly to reality. What then should be our response to this divine offer of healing? If we want to be saints, we must give ourselves over to cooperation with the divine physician, he who will heal our spiritual blindness and our spiritual unknowing. The Beatitudes are the benchmarks for checking if we're spiritually seeing well. They're the standards that the physician has given us that we might measure our spiritual vision to see if there's conformity between what we see and know and what God sees. This is what the saints have done in so many and wonderful ways throughout the centuries. They've embodied the Beatitudes. They've taken them on as virtue. Their way of knowing became informed by these habits, and thus their spiritual sight has been fine-tuned over and over again so that they have put on the mind of Christ Jesus. They were poor in spirit, and the kingdom of heaven is now theirs. They mourned, and now they've been comforted. They were meek, and because of this they inherited the land. They hungered and thirsted for righteousness, and they've been satisfied. 
They were merciful, and mercy has been shown them. They cleansed their hearts, and therefore they see God. They made peace, and are thus called the children of God. They have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, and thus they rejoice. The highest possible action that we can do as human beings is to know God as he is. And this is possible by God's grace alone. It's not only possible, though, it's our vocation as Christians. To become fully what we have become in the beginning by our baptism, namely sons and the sons, means to put on the mind of Christ Jesus, making no provision for the flesh, so that it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. When we begin to do this, we begin to see reality as it really is. And one day, we hope we will know God as he really is and come to share in the unspeakable joy of the saints for all eternity. This is the meaning of the Feast of All Saints, that we too are called to become partakers in the divine nature and to have joy with God and all of the communion of saints for all eternity.